Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. So today's guest I actually found via TikTok, because how else do you find guests these days? Hey, it's worked out for me so far. I was scrolling and saw this video of this woman taking her foot on a final journey before potential amputation. Now, I'm not going to lie. I immediately DM'd her and was like, I need you to come on my podcast because I feel like we haven't discussed the stem of life in which things can happen to you on immediate impact. And this story I'm going to be hearing for the first time. So this is going to be a very raw interview because I have no real backstory except for just looking at some TikToks realizing that I really, really wanted to have her on here to tell it. And I hope there's something that we can all take away from it, especially when it comes around chronic illness, injury, and the impacts of living now with a disabled body. I am so excited to welcome her on. Please enjoy today's show. This summer, get more from your life with Evive, a new go-to breakfast and lunch. Ever been in a bind when it comes to preparing a quick and healthy meal and the outcome is just not right? The flavors aren't doing the trick and your taste buds just aren't responding. I'm laughing because I've literally been there way too many times. We've all been there and that's why there's a vibe. Their nutrient-packed blender-free smoothies and ready-made lunches allow you to actually eat healthier food without breaking your piggy bank or having to compromise elsewhere, no matter how hectic your life may get or how many babies you have in your house, am I right? Whether you need a full and nutritious breakfast or a post-workout snack, Avive has just the right thing for you. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty. Avive's products are made with 100% organic fruits, vegetables, superfoods, and plant-based proteins. They're non-GMO and contain no added sugars or artificial ingredients. Just all that good stuff right at your fingertips and perfectly balanced for your palate. 
Now, let's repeat after me. Healthy food doesn't have to be bland and flavorless. Avive has 14 smoothie blends to choose from. They're all made with unique and healthy ingredients, and prep time is roughly 30 seconds. All you have to do is pop those cubes into a jar, add a liquid of your choice, wait 20 minutes, and shake. Your biggest morning or post-workout dilemma will be figuring out which liquid to add. And since lunchtime can get frustrating and hectic, Avive simplifies your life yet again with their unique and versatile ready-made lunches, giving healthy spins on your comfort favorites like mac and cheese, chili, curry, and pad thai. My favorite. Get a taste for Avive by ordering your first box of products and get 20% off with promo code PAPAYAPODCAST20. And it's free shipping everywhere in North America. Now that seals the deal. One more time, that is promo code PAPAYAPODCAST20 at Avive. Now let's get back to today's show. All right, Maya, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for getting up early. I didn't even realize when we booked this that you were on Mountain Time, and I'm just like, whoops. Oh, it's okay. It got me <laughs> up. I'm ready for my day. <laughs> you know what? One time somebody invited me to a gym at like 5 a.m., and I was like, this is insanity. Like, you, nobody should be waking up on purpose at this time. This is like, the, <laughs> this should be like the accidental shit that happens. And I remember waking up and going to the gym at 5 a.m. with her, and I did not enjoy it. But I came home, and I was like, oh my gosh everyone's still asleep. I have the entire day ahead of me. And it was so life-giving. And then I like fell asleep at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be me tonight. Yeah. Cozy, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. All right, Maya. Well, you know what? I already kind of in the pre-roll explained that I legitimately saw one TikTok of yours and immediately DM'd you. And I was like, I just am dying to have this conversation with you because We've had so many stories on here where it's been, you know, illness that was on set when it was something where somebody struggles within their body and different self-love things and confidence within it. And I don't think we've ever had anybody on who has such an abrupt start to that story, such an almost like an interruption of life and a complete overhaul within it. And so seeing you kind of show up within this space of injury and chronic illness and disability I just felt like this was such an important conversation to have because all of us feel like, for me, for instance, I felt like, you know, I'm somebody in my body and I struggle with my things and I'm trying to pay attention to everybody else's avenues as well. But to understand the realness of it can be you tomorrow, anything can happen, things can be changed on impact, quite literally. And to kind of understand the gravity of why that's so important to hear other people's stories and to understand the complexities of things like chronic illness through the lens of somebody else who had it happen so, so suddenly. So let's backtrack. Let's go back to your origin story, how this all kind of came to be and how it is now. Yeah, it's so true that things can just happen so quickly because never in my life did I think that I would be where I am today if we backtrack to where I was 19 before it all happened. I never ever would have thought that I'm living in the body I am now, living the life I am now, and experiencing the things I am now physically, mentally, emotionally. But if we backtrack to that day or just right before then, uh, so this happened on June 9th, 2013. So we're coming up to the eight-year anniversary now which is just mind-blowing that it's been almost eight years. Time really does fly. (laughs) And I was just finishing, or I just had finished my first year of university in Calgary. So I was going to UFC. And it was 
just like an, a normal day with my mom. We were going for our drive back from Calgary, back to Nelson. Um, and I was staying with, going to be with my parents for that summer. Really excited for a nice summer in Nelson. Um, enjoy the time with my friends and my family. But of course, all that really changed really quickly. And when we were driving from Calgary to Nelson, we were in a little town called Skookumchuck. It's outside of Cranbrook, BC. Um, little, like, total unknown town. Not many people, but it is kind of heavily known for, unfortunately, stereotypical with, like, lots of drinking because it's a smaller town. And there is about, like, two pubs there. And just so happened this one woman uh, went to both of those pubs in the middle of the day, got totally obliterated, was four times over the legal limit. and. She went around a corner while we were going around that same corner. She crossed over into our lane head on going highway speed. So if you can imagine, we're going about 90 kilometers an hour, but she's going maybe about a hundred because Jeez. two factors, her being uh, intoxicated, but also her coming downhill. So she had a little bit more speed and we hit head on and she was directly in our lane we hit dead stop. So the cars didn't move at all. So if you can imagine cars just coming straight together, no movement. And I remember that full day. Um, I don't know how I remember that with all the trauma and the injuries, but my body and my brain allowed me to remember it. My mom doesn't remember anything. My mom being in the passenger seat, uh, which kind of helped us in the end because she would have been hit directly head on if it weren't for the fact that she was in the passenger seat, I was hit directly on because of the way the cars were turned and that made the engine fall on top of me. So that's why I have the body I have today because all my bones were impacted by it. My mom, however, she was impacted by her airbag not deploying. So her airbag didn't deploy and her seatbelt took the majority of the, of the hit and Thank God for her seatbelt. She's still here because it saved her life. But it also turned her into someone who has only four feet of intestine left. She's an ostomate now. And she went through, you know, the journey that she has throughout these last almost eight years. And for me, I was hit head on with that engine and resulted in so many broken bones. I really just don't know how many. I can't. I can't really even begin to describe how many. I've tried to count. I've tried to count all the surgeries. I don't know if I got them all, but I think I'm at about 15 surgeries. But yeah, that day just changed everything for us. Just because one person decided to go day drinking with their friends, hop in their car, and we found out her excuse for getting in the car was that she had to go pick up her son. Now, her two-year-old son could have been in the car with us. And that, for me, just as much as I'm upset that she hit us, for me, thinking that she could have had her two-year-old son and that could have been a very different story, that would have changed a lot for that whole day, for the story, for the court case, just for our lives in general, if she had that two-year-old child in the car. So... That's what happened that day. But what led to who I am now and where I'm at now is just like a crazy long journey, long story. But that's that's where it all started that one day on June 9th, 2013. So everybody survived this crash, both you and your mom and the driver. Everybody survived. We took the biggest hit 
most likely because when you're intoxicated, your body is super limp. And so you don't get really tight. And also the way that the vehicles look, you see the vehicles, ours is like totally smushed up. Hers is quite dented, but not the way ours was. She was in a large GMC and we were in a small Toyota Corolla. So the way she hit us with coming a little bit more speed, coming downhill and the size of the cars really changed things. She ended up only having one injury. I think she broke like a vertebrae, but she was out of the hospital in three weeks. When you compare it to ours, I was in the hospital for about three months. My mom was in there for six and a half months. So really big change of how we were injured compared to hers. How do you feel toward, like complete honesty? I find so often we hear these stories and people have such a heart of forgiveness and other people just have to hold on and no judgment either way. But like genuinely, how do you feel towards this woman who completely changed your yours and your mother? I think it's one thing when it's just you <laughs> somehow, like when somebody else is involved, like you can almost get angry on their behalf as well. But eight years have gone by and I know that's probably a lot of mental healing and it looks different for everybody. But genuinely, how do you feel towards her? Absolutely. Like after eight years, things have changed for me. If you had asked me that, even I'd say like five years ago, I would tell you that I was still trying to move through that grief and that feeling of anger, I guess you could say. I like to say I'm not a super angry person. I end up becoming emotional. So instead of getting angry, I end up crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's just who I am. And when somebody maybe would bring it up, I would end up feeling like that PTSD flashback and move through those emotions with crying and sometimes going through that pity party of like the why me, which is totally healthy. It's fine to have that. But being stuck in that is the problem I see where people have the ability to move through it, but they don't choose to do that. They choose to kind of stick in that moment and that feeling of why did this happen to me? And I did go through that, but Now I find that I have really found the tools to work through those emotions. Of course, I still go into those blue days where I can't get out of it. I can't get out of bed. I don't want to talk to anybody. I shut off from the world and I like crawl into my hole and I become a little hermit. But I don't really feel that anger towards her anymore. I got to be honest, I don't actually really give her the time of day um, to think about it because I find why am I putting energy into thinking about that individual who hurt us so much and not just hurt me, but hurt my mom. And like you said, it is different when it has affected somebody else that you love. Like my mom can't really hear about my story without getting super emotional. And I can't really hear her story without becoming super emotional. It totally impacts me in a very different way. But I just feel like I don't want to give her time a day. I read this letter that she sent to my us and at court that my mom got. I didn't go to court. I just also was like, I can't deal with that. I don't want to see her. And I was going to university. I was trying to move on and complete something else in my life rather than be stuck in that moment and stuck in, with that grief and that anger. And she gave, us, gave my mom a letter and I read the first sentence and it just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I just, I think that was the moment where I was like, no, I don't want to finish reading this. I don't want this to be a part of my life. I I need to move through this. And since then, I rarely, rarely think of her. Sometimes I'll check in with it when I'm having those really bad PTSD days or when my pain's out of control. But yeah, I don't think much of her. I'm not too angry. 
I am obviously very disappointed that this happened to us and very emotional around the fact that it happened to us. But my anger towards her doesn't really exist anymore. And thank God for that, because it was wasting a lot of my energy that I could have been putting into something else. Ugh, I love that you said that. And and like I said, there's no wrong answers. But I think when I know that somebody has so much anger in them, I know how much energy that takes. And knowing that you're just like, right now you're in a place where you're in a whole new life. And, and I guess that kind of leads me into my next question. More around the fact that you're 19 when this happens and everything changes. I'll be honest, friends, I'm really good at taking care of my face when it comes to skincare, and I often forget about the rest of it. Skin is our largest organ, so it's kind of silly to only take care of part of it. So I've been using Osea to give my skin all the attention it deserves. I'm needing some major extra TLC. With rushing through showers and just putting my clothes on, my skin has been getting dry so quickly. So now with Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil, I put it right by my bedside and I just use it right after I get out of the shower and it has completely replenished and moisturized my dry skin, leaving it completely silky smooth. It has even been noticed by my hubby, which is just speaking in and of it. This oil makes your skin super soft and glowing with the Andaria algae, ICA pulp, and babusu seed oil. Osea soaks hand-harvested Andaria algae in barrels of oil for up to six months. The result is this liquid gold, a rich, luxurious, but never greasy, I can attest to that, body oil, fragrant with sunny citrus and top notes of a sweet passion fruit. Osea also creates skin and body care products that are powered by the sea. They've made clean, safe skincare products since 1996, completely vegan and cruelty-free. They're responsibly sourced, plant-derived ingredients, good for your skin and good for the planet. Female-founded and family-operated by a mother and daughter team. We love to see it. You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send free samples with every order. And you're going to get 10% off your first order with promo code PAPAYA at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off with code PAPAYA at oseamalibu. I'm going to spell that out for you. O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U dot com. I have been loving this body oil, you all. It has been so luxurious. Honestly, it just feels nice to be able to put something on my skin that I trust by a brand that I love and tuck myself into bed at night and just enjoy this skin and this largest organ of mine. I hope you check them out. Like I said, oseamalibu.com code papaya. Thanks for listening. Let's go back to the show. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. So first of all, what is a day in the life like you today now like? Like, what does that look like for you through the lens of who you were before as a completely quote unquote normal person into who you are today? Talk to me about the struggles of that and the complexities of that, because I feel like what happens with a lot of 
survivors is there's survivor guilt. And then there's also this place of stuckness for so many where you maybe feel like you're not allowed to have the upset because you're just think you should be grateful to be alive. And I just kind of want to hear how that kind of crisis of identity went for you traveling through being somebody in a completely able body into a disabled body and what that kind of transition was for you through that crisis. Yeah, my life and my day-to-day living is so different from what it was before. Because when I was 19, before this all happened, I was what you could say like normal. I was physically able. I was healthy. Um, Not to say I'm super unhealthy now, but all the conditions I have, I have a lot of health problems now. But I was completely healthy. I never, ever thought, oh, I shouldn't be doing this because it might cause me a lot of pain. Or, oh, is that going to be too much for me? I never thought that. I just was doing whatever I wanted. You know, I was young too. So I enjoyed going out with my friends. I was a super social person. I liked to go dancing. I was into sports. Like I never, ever thought that something that I did throughout the day could cause me to have a huge flare up or have a mental struggle. And now my day-to-day, I wake up and... I don't know how I'm going to be because it also depends on my sleep, depends on the weather. Am I going to have a big flare up? Am I going to be a little bit triggered because I had a weird dream? It totally depends on that second I wake up. And the second I wake up, I end up having to also do a big check-in with my body. Is something hurting more than normal? Because then if it is, I have to go really slow. And I'm using devices now that I never thought I would use. I To get into the shower, sometimes I'll use my cane. And then when I get my shower, I have to use a shower chair. Like never when I was 19 did I think I would be sitting in the shower every single day. Like I never thought that that would be a thing. And like there's nothing wrong with sitting in the shower because it helps me. Because if I stand in the shower, I'm going to screw myself over throughout the day. I'm going to get swelling. I'm going to hurt. But never did I think I'm just going to be sitting there in the shower Uh, every single morning. So then what I normally am doing is I got to go really slow throughout the day. Even with all the appointments I have, I need to make sure I give myself time to sit and relax and put up my legs in case I do have swelling. And I usually go to an appointment each day that takes a lot of my energy up. I'm going to pain clinics, kinesiologists, physiotherapy, massage. Like it's crazy how much time that takes up. And there are days where I'm thinking like, I'm spending too much time on these things, on my medical health. I need to make sure I'm giving myself time to be a young adult and just to be Maya. But there are times where I go, okay, I'm not going to do appointments this week because I need to give time to me to do hobbies and to enjoy being outside and to see my family. But when I do that, then I end up getting a huge flare up. So I'm struggling right now to find balance of what is enough appointments and what is enough normal 27-year-old life. And I'm still struggling to find that balance. And I don't even know if balance is a real thing. It might not be, but I know something out there, there is something out there. There is a lifestyle out there that is perfect for me because I feel like I'm getting there. Because two years ago, when I started kind of going on this journey of finding myself, I just all of a sudden had a day where I was like, I, I got to figure out who I am. I got to figure out what's going on. I split up with my long-term partner. Bless his soul. We're still such good friends. He totally understood what I needed to do. 
I needed to become Maya and I didn't know who she was. I was super lost. I was really struggling with, yeah, my body, my mental health, with the fact that I was going to have another surgery. And at that point, it was different than what I was going to have um, or what I have had. I was going to get my ankle amputated. I know. That's how I found you was like your goodbye trip for your foot. Yeah, (laughs) which uh, is a hard story for a lot of people to understand. Like, why do you still have your foot? The amount of (laughs) messages I get on TikTok that are like, okay, but I see you have your foot. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, about that. (laughs) And at that point, two years ago, like this time, two years ago, I was certain I was getting the amputation. All my doctors, except for one doctor, signed it off as absolutely it was happening. I got the approval. I was going to amputee clinics to learn about what that life was going to be like for me. Was this something you wanted? It was something I wanted. I, I could not handle the pain anymore. It was taking over my life. I, it was ruining my relationships with people, my relationship with myself. I wasn't capable of doing anything. And I was full-time work at that point. I'm a teacher and I could not go to work without being on medication, without, you know, I brought all my tools with me, my heating pad, my cane, certain lumbar blocks, like anything to try to help me. But I couldn't be present with my kids. And that for me, I was almost like, what is the point? I'm here to be someone for this, these kids that they can trust. And I can barely have a conversation with them. I can't be present in the moment with them. So I made that decision. I told my partner. And I stayed in Vancouver by myself, prepared for this surgery and decided, hey, this is a big life change I'm about to go through. I need to do something for myself. And that's where the goodbye trip for my foot started. (laughs) And my girlfriend helped me plan it. I started doing a bunch of cool things that I thought I need to do before I say goodbye to her. Goodbye to her as in my foot. And I did all these cool things with my with my best friends. And then we went on this big trip to Europe and then to Bali by myself. And I was fully ready to have that surgery. But one thing that I haven't really explained on TikTok yet is two days before I went to Europe, I actually was denied the surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah. So two days before I went, I went for my last checkup because we knew that I was going to be gone for three months. So I needed to go in, get fully prepared, get all my meds and just talk to my doc one more time. And when I went in there, I thought for sure he was going to be like, okay, Maya, when you're back, we're hopefully going to have a date for you. I was just going to stay in Bali until they let me know, hey, I was like, why am I coming back to Canada? I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. And I went in. And he just said, I can't do this for you. It would go against my ethics, my morals. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is something that's going to change my life. I'm going to be in less pain every day. And he just said, I'm, I don't feel comfortable doing it. I think I can save your foot. But I've been hearing that for seven years. I can save your foot. I went for four surgeries already on my ankle. And I have something called ADN where your bones die. My bones are dead. I'm walking on a dead ankle and they still think they can do something. And I ended up not having time to do anything because that was two days before my trip. So I still went for my trip and I still said, I'm going to figure this out when I get back home, but I'm going on this trip because I know I'm going to get this surgery. 
And I went on that big trip and I took her on the trip of a lifetime. (laughs) I mean, I think that almost helps us understand the gravity of this pain too. When we talk about body pain, I'm a daughter of somebody who deals with a chronic illness and has chronic pain. And when you talk about flare-ups and stuff, that's very familiar for me because I can see her go all day. She'll move around the whole house of furniture. And then she'll say, I can't sit down because if I sit down, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to get back up. Exactly. So you see like these surges of a day and then it goes down into like rest periods. And so I've grown up very familiar with what a flare up is and things like that. But to understand the gravity of something being so much pain, like for you to the point that it's distracting you away from so much. And you would actually say, just cut it off of me. I think that that helps everyone understand the gravity of this. And, you know, the fact that you're still kind of, I didn't realize that you couldn't, I I get that you can't just like ask to have something amputated, but for the pain that you're in, I am surprised there isn't a form of autonomy with that to be like, I'm done here. Like I would like to pull out now and be done is really shocking actually. So uh, honestly, I'm, I'm so sorry that that happened. And I hope that as they go on, if they're not going to honor your wishes, that they can figure something out. For years, I have had my eyes on the hydro jug. Now, I know it should all be about how hydrated I am, and that is, we'll we'll get to that. But for me, it was love at first sight. It was all about the aesthetics. But let's get to the core of why we need to talk about hydration. Did you know that 75% of Americans are dehydrated? Which means that if you just heard me say this, you're probably dehydrated. I'm probably dehydrated. And we all know that water is crucial to our health. It's our energy. It's our skincare. It's our overall wellness. But how much water do you actually really need to unlock these benefits? The answer is typically a full gallon each day. Friends, that's why you need a hydro jug. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than half a gallon. So you don't have to keep refilling up that same tiny bottle every hour is probably leading to why we're all dehydrated in the first place. Aside from the convenience and the function, like I said, love at first sight, it's a damn good looking bottle. I wish you could see all the bright and bold colors they have, but I think you will afterwards when you go and visit their website. On top of that, you can grab their neoprene accessory sleeves that slip right over the bottle to help keep your water cold and come in a variety of awesome patterns and colors to mix and match with your bottle. Each sleeve has a matching shoulder strap and two pockets to hold stuff like phones, keys, AirPods, chapstick, anything else, because we all know that they're not adding more pockets to our pants or making them deep enough anyway. So this hydro jug is coming in as our little BFF. Now, I just got the Buddy Bundle. I got two hydro jugs, one in lavender, one in light pink, completely on my brand, as well as two sleeves, one in the leopard print and one in tie-dye. They are ridiculously cute. I made the most ridiculous squeals when they arrived at my house. So we're going to get you that 10% off by being a listener of this show. Head on over to thehydrojug.com and you're going to customize your jug and use my code PAPAYA for 10% off your purchase. A couple other key points as well that I just want to mention. It is BPA-free plastic. It is dishwasher safe. It is shatterproof bottle. And like I said, it holds half a gallon of water. So go on over to thehydrojug.com, customize your jug, use that code papaya. You're going to get 10% off today. Can't wait to be matching with you all over the gram as we get ourselves hydrated this year. Now let's get back to the show. (music) 
that's not even like, it's not even just the pain. There's also the physical, what you see in the mirror that you've had to kind of work through and alchemize. And this is the one thing that I found really special about you was you're showing up in the body confidence and self-love space, but in a way that isn't often seen and not often mirrored. So a lot of people like for myself, I can find people that mirror postpartum that can mirror, you know, body changes and weight gain and weight loss and all of these different complexities. I've seen so many people who can identify with, you know, having different disabilities that they might be born with. We've seen all of these different ranges of bodies show up it's very rare to find somebody who has your scars. You are very unique. Your leg one is incredibly prominent as well. And I just, I found it so fascinating because I actually was sitting there and just staring at your scar and you can see like how you were legitimately like sewn back together. It is just to describe it for those who don't know it, it is probably a foot long down the front of your leg and almost concave, right? A little bit concave to the rest. When it comes to you showing up in your body now, how is that process of grief to living and showing up in it? Knowing that you might be the only mirror reflection that you'll ever find out there. There's not going to be, you can't search a hashtag and find people with your scar and be like, yes, finally, I see myself reflected. You genuinely have to show up to see yourself in anything. That's what I find so special about you and so unique to this whole body confidence story is that you don't get that mirrorship and that relatability. You just genuinely have to be you in your own unique self and your own unique scarring. How has that been for you to kind of alchemize through the scars that you've been left in, not just the internal pain, but the actual external, the visuals of it as well? Yeah, I am finally, I think at a place where I can truly say I'm at peace with what I look like because before I started that big journey of finding, sounds cheesy, but finding myself when I went on that trip and moving through the emotions of realizing I'm not going to get the surgery right now, but I've got to figure out other things to do. And I was not comfortable with my body before that. I would honestly go to the bathroom and look down at my leg, you know, looking at myself naked. And that's the first thing I see when I go to the bathroom, <laughs> I look at my leg. And it would just be instant PTSD flashback. It was the biggest trigger for me. My body was the biggest trigger. It wasn't looking at a car crash. It wasn't seeing the same car as when I was in the crash. It wasn't thinking about it. It was looking at my body and it would just all come back to me. And I would go immediately into what you could call the blue phase where I'm just so depressed and scared and emotional and could not work through those emotions properly. And now when I look at it, I'm actually pretty like, this is kind of cool. This is, I can rock it now and I can feel comfortable. And it was crazy to have that mind shift finally when I put myself out there and instead of being non-confident, scared of what it looked like, I started to come out with confidence and people could see that. And I think when you when you radiate that of this is my body, this is how it is. I'm proud of it. And I appreciate my body because it's pushing through every day for me. And it's not going to look any different. This is it. And this is the only one I have. And when people started to see it as that way as well, because I, I hate to admit it, but I have had a lot of stares and people making comments uh, back in the day, I've had some people say it was gross and like ugly. And that is heartbreaking because you're like, this is the only body I have. Like, great. Yeah. yeah like, thanks, guys. <laughs> but 
now, even if somebody did say that, which uh, never does not happen anymore, which is very, um, makes me feel like people are accepting of different bodies. Like maybe that everybody had a shift. Everybody's had a mental shift in the last little bit of this is just how it is. Of course, like I say on TikTok, people, there's trolls out there. There's people that say pretty nasty things, but it doesn't affect me the way it does anymore. I look at it and I go, yeah, this is the one I have. This is kind of cool. I'm unique and everybody's unique in their own way. But like you said, nobody's going to have this body. Nobody's going to have these scars. And I am comfortable with my story now because I'm comfortable with who I am. So when people do approach me in like a, maybe they're confused and they're asking questions about it, I'm okay with answering that. I used to not be okay with answering it. I was going to say, imagine like your trauma just being poked at every day. Like what happened to you? And I saw like even people saying like, did you get attacked by a shark? And like all of these like assumptions of like thinking it might be like this really cool story. I don't know that even being attacked by a shark would ever be a cool story. That would be terrifying and dramatic. I tell people that story sometimes. It's I shouldn't maybe make up Why not? about it, but it kind of looks like that. It looks like a, a shark took a massive bite out of me. And I have, you know, messed with people sometimes, especially the people that are doing the blatant stare and they're just, you know, bug eyed at it. And I go pretty gnarly. Hey. And they're like, Oh uh, yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. I was surfing in Hawaii. And this massive shark came out and took a bite out of me. And one guy was like, Oh my God, I, I surf all the time. And he just looked terrified. And I was like, Oh no. What did I do? I just I just scarred this guy. He's never going to surf again. <laughs> but but it I But can, after I can people play asking for your trauma, like I I don't know that I would do it any differently to be honest. Like I don't think you owe people your trauma story every single time people ask. So I I think it's kind of cool that you have that. I also find one thing very cool about you is that your hair actually began to go gray after your accident. Do you know why that is? Yeah, so uh, it's also one of those things that I was not confident in. And all of a sudden I'd say in that last year of finding myself and being like, this is who I am and loving myself and loving who I am rather than questioning it and, and trying to become somebody else and adapt to somebody else's life rather than just be happy in my own life. I was very uncomfortable with it and dyeing my hair all the time, um, trying to hide it because what happens is, uh, after you have had a a traumatic injury, uh, your body goes into that fight or flight mode constantly. And that stress that is put on me daily on top of taking a lot of medication that unfortunately I am on to get me through each day, those medications combined with stress and trauma, uh, does actually kill your hair follicles. And I am now going gray in certain weird little patches that they just don't make sense why they're in certain weird little patches, but it's kind of become like people on TikTok are like, oh, well, this is a trend. Now I'm like, people are paying to go to get their hair gray, <laughs> I guess. And I'm like, oh, baby, this is All unnatural. Right. Yeah, well, on top of the trend. <laughs> yeah. I loved it when that hot second happened when like under eye bags were a trend and I was like, ooh. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I am once again for free. Don't need to buy makeup for that one. Yeah, I, I'm happy with the way it is and trying to actually, I actually just got my hair done a few months ago 
in February because I actually wanted them to come out more. I wanted them to mm, pop a little bit more. That's so cool. Yeah, and especially because it's summer, you know. And it, and I wanted a little change. I'm one of those people that likes change. I need to switch things up constantly. And um, whether that's for my body or my environment or doing something, like, been hard because I used to go traveling somewhere or go with my parents somewhere especially in the winters because the winters are very hard on my body with my arthritis I used to go places all the time but um I haven't been able to do that and I was like let's just switch up my hair and I went and got uh, never had this before but got kind of like highlights right around them to kind of make them come out more and I love it now and I have had so many people be like oh my god when did you get that done thinking they mean, you know, the highlights, but they'll say, did you have to bleach your hair to get those grays in? I'm like, oh no, those are all natural. Like That's me. Yeah, <laughs> I really love them now. But yes, the trauma and medication can make your hair die, essentially. One thing I also have been told is certain patches are because of the way I hit my head in the car crash. Those patches, I actually got a huge bald spot for a few years on the back of my head. It's fully grown back now, but that much pressure on your head can make your hair completely die and come out. And I've had I had a huge bald patch right where I hit the back of my head on the uh, on the seat, and that patch is also gray now. It's fully grown back, but they grow back as gray or silver. Oh, you know, there's this saying that I align with actually is that not everything happens for a reason, but something good can happen from everything. If that were to apply to your story, what is that good thing that, you know, people will be like, well, everything happens for a reason. You're like, well, that's bullshit. Why did it have to happen to me? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that my past and my trauma is from, you know, was meant to happen to me and it was designed for me or that, you know, it happened for a reason. But I do believe that good can come out of everything. I understand now that I am who I am today because of things that have happened to me or around me or circumstantially. I'm so excited today to welcome Skillshare as a sponsor of our show. Skillshare is an incredible way into the online learning community that offers membership with meaning. There's so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare literally empowers you to accomplish real growth. Now, I want to share with you the class that I recently took. I took iPhone photography, how to take pro photos on your iPhone. This one was taught by Dale McManus. And to be honest, I have thought after doing creating for over 12 years that I already knew what I was doing. I learned so much from how to set up your phone properly, different options when it comes to focus, shot compositions, and so much more. I feel like my game is about to level up immediately. There are also other classes involving DSLR, which I've owned a DSLR camera for years and I still shoot it on auto. I'm dying to level up and just learn more. That's going to lend itself not only to my everyday, but into the years ahead and potential job opportunities as well. Practice makes progress. Advancing towards a goal is achievable with short lessons and hands-on projects. There's nothing better than getting better. Accomplishing growth is extremely satisfying. Do something today that you can do yesterday with classes designed for real life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable. 
This is what I love so much. It's completely accessible for people to be able to come in, level up their game, using even their phone to level up their content with an annual subscription being less than $10 a month. Compare that to pricey in-person classes and workshop. This blows it out of the water. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash papaya, and you're going to get a free trial of premium membership. You can cram as much learning into that as you want. That's Skillshare.com slash papaya. I really hope you go and check it out. The classes are absolutely amazing and so well led by these teachers. I think you're going to all learn something new that will lend itself into your life and into your creativity as well. Skillshare.com slash papaya. And you're going to get that free trial of a premium membership. Thanks for listening. And let's get back to the show. And for you, if you were to name that good that came out of this, what is that good for you? You know, I obviously do wish that this didn't happen in a sense to me because I would be more able for all the things that I want to do but can't do. And I would not be dealing with all the PTSD, mental, emotional trauma, but also that my mom wouldn't be either because I wish that I could take that all away from her. But in the bigger picture, in the grand scheme of things, I, like you said as well, I'm, I wouldn't be who I am today without this traumatic event happening and all the things that has come after it and all the things that will come in the future. Because when I was 19 and even that day where I was driving with my mom, going back to Nelson before it all happened, I was not happy with myself. I was not comfortable in the skin I was in. I would constantly be trying to diet. I was trying to look a certain way. I was constantly trying new trends and trying to hang out with certain people that I knew did not care much for me, but I was trying to make them like me. I was trying to impress them. I don't know why, but it was just how it was. I was confused and I was not happy. And now all these things that have happened, all the surgeries, all the different friend groups, all the different places I've lived in and all the events that have happened have led me to this very moment when I'm talking with you, where I, when I look at myself in the mirror, I can say positive things. And even on those days that I am unhappy or anxious, I have learned how to move through them. And I have become so happy with the environment I'm living in. I have become closer with my parents. We have been able to work through hardships together and still be in a stable place. I love the friends I live in my town that I live in. I love my friends that are in Vancouver. I have learned to not take them for granted. Even when things are hard for me and I can't go on my phone and I can't be in the social world and I'm kind of becoming that hermit, I know that they still love me. They care for me. They do not judge me. And they know that I feel that way for them as well. I've learned to appreciate all the things that happen all the good and all the bad, because the bad still leads into these good things. It's all a part of this big process. And all the bad things that have happened to me lead to this very moment where I am in love with who I am. I'm in love with myself and I don't take life for granted. Like my, I literally tell my friends I love them all the time. I think they're a little weirded out by how much I tell them I love them, but it's because I just don't know what's going to happen the next day. And I just, I tell everybody I love them and I, I'm a little too gushy with my friends and with my family, but why not? Why not tell them I love them? Why not tell my body I love it? 
and tell myself I love myself because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in an hour from now. All I know is right now in this very moment. So just really trying not to take this very moment for granted. Like I know who I was back when I was 19 is who I was. I can't change that. But who I am right now, I can really focus on that and really focus on enjoying this very second of my life without taking anything for granted. I think that is one of the most powerful messages that we could possibly be hearing because it it shouldn't take a car crash to wake us all up to that reality and to that notion of, you know, this one body, this one life, this one chance for all of it. Oftentimes I think about the science behind the way that if we actually speak positively to plants, they grow better. And, you know, then if you speak, and I'm like, and here we are having the audacity to ask our bodies to live for us, to breathe for us, to do all of these things for us, and then talk shit to them in the mirror. And I just feel like if there's anything that we can all do for ourselves and our own healing, whatever it might be, whatever, you know, whatever grand scale that might be on for you, everyone has a different one. Knowing that it's not just about toxic positivity and just like pretending like nothing's wrong, but just like honoring and respecting and like loving in the action of love. I just see you showing up that way. And I think that's what just drew me into you and like your story and your TikTok was just like you speak from such a place of it's almost like you get it and you're trying to like show other people what they could possibly like those enabled bodies, you know, those who have no idea what it would be like to go through something like this just to wake up and get it just to understand. But you do it so gently and with so much kindness. I want everyone to kind of tune in because honestly, I saw your one freaking TikTok and then I just like went down this thing and I immediately was like, you need to come on the pod. But tell everyone where they can kind of find you and follow along because I think it's just, honestly, it's just such soothing, special messages that I think we can really wake up and inspire us every single day. Thank you so much for those kind words because that's really what I am trying to convey. I'm trying to let people know that things can happen so quickly and you just really don't know where your life is going to be even in an hour, even in five minutes from now. You really don't know where you're going to be in the next few years. And and all you really got is right now. And the people that are in your life, if you love them, you need to show up for them. You need to show up for your family and you need to show up for yourself. Like to not be in that mindset of, oh, like the pity party, it's totally fine to be in those moments, but get out of it when you can. Get out of it as soon as you can. Give yourself those few moments and then step up and show up for yourself and move through those emotions. And if you need help, go and get help. It's okay to say, I need help. I'm not okay on my own. I go to a therapist every two weeks. That is so healthy. Everybody should go to therapy, I think. They need to make it part of the paid healthcare program. That's for damn sure. That would be life changing. Every time I talk about therapy and I'm like, therapy is the literal best. And then I'm like, also very privileged to say that. Yeah, it's true. I And I am very privileged to have the ability to pay for that. The only way I can, unfortunately, is with my settlement money because I'm not able to work very much. I need to... Luckily, we do get CRB right now, like blessing, but I have the ability to go to these things. And I hope that if people do have the ability to do that as well, because if we need help, we need to get the help if we need support. And that's kind of what I'm trying to also do on my social medias, which is living now with Maya on both my TikTok and my Instagram I'm trying to be that Maya with an I. Maya with an I. M A I A. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be that person and hoping to be that person, a support and an advocate for 
not only those who have been in a car crash, not only those who are struggling with physical disability, mental struggle, emotional struggle, even spiritual struggle, like it's for anybody, those people who are maybe the way I was when I was 19, who are really just trying to figure out, ooh, which group of people should I be spending time with? Who do I want to be today? Uh, how, how do I build relationships that are positive with others, but also with myself? Like, that's who I want to be for people. I want them to be able to see what I'm doing, read my messages, and know that there's people out there who are working through their emotions, working through physical disabilities and struggle and pain and are able to, you know, find themselves and become confident in who they are. And I want people to be not just inspired, but go, oh, I can be comfortable with just who I am. I don't need to try to be something else. I need to show up for my body every day and appreciate it and thank it. And the people that are in my life, I need to be mushy and tell everybody that I love them (laughs) because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I really want to be that voice for people who maybe don't have a voice or who are struggling to have a voice right now until they are comfortable and confident with themselves, then they can be their own voice, you know, but if they need somebody to be a voice for them or to listen, to be an ear, I want to be that person for them. I want to hear them out. I want to see if I can give them advice. And if I can't, then just to be there for them, just so that they know that there's somebody out there who gets it, who understands even though our lives are all going to be completely different in our experiences, I might have somebody who might approach me and have the exact same injuries as me, but are their experience is going to be vastly different from mine. Maybe I can let them know what has happened with me and they can take that information and put it into their lives. And if it works, amazing. If it doesn't, I just can be that support system for them and be an ear for them. I love that so much. And I, I just love the intersections of humanity in which we can all learn from each other throughout our different experiences, right? Like there's so much to learn from each other. And it's so important to, it's so important to pay attention to those, you know, who live differently and in different bodies than us and to understand the complexities of theirs and, and to honor our own at the same time. There's so much to it. I just love everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and having this chat with us. I just really hope that those listening today really get a chance to just, you know, take a deep breath, sigh it out, understand that, you know, life is happening and it's happening real fast. And it's not about waiting to be a certain thing or to have a certain body to do all of this stuff. We all have such different circumstances. There's so much within it, but we can show up every day. We can show up with who we are every single moment of every single day, no matter what that looks like and just continuing to write that story. So thank you so much for sharing your story and for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I just feel so grateful. Thank you. I feel super grateful because if I can even reach, you know, one more person or educate somebody on on chronic illness, chronic pain, mental health, then I feel like I accomplished a goal for today, you know? Just if good, there's one that goes, oh my gosh, that's a thing that happens to people, or oh my God, someone else is struggling the same as me. I'm not alone, then I feel good. <laughs> Thank you. Good. I'm just so honored that you came on. All right. So for everyone listening, you can go check out Living Now with Maya. And I'm going to add that into the show notes as well. So you can go check her out. But that's Maya with an I on TikTok and on Instagram. And it's really worth it. You've got to go see take her foot on vacation. It's really actually <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> Maya, thank you so much for being here. And to everyone listening, we will see you next week. 
Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.